0: And we welcome you into Berea and the Dog Bowl. We are eight weeks in to the 2019 Cleveland Browns football season. And unfortunately, not exactly the start or the first half that I think many of us thought would be coming our way. I'm Jason Gibbs. Next to me is Andrew Gribble. To the right of me, John Greco, former Cleveland Browns offensive lineman. And guys, uh, definitely a disappointing start to the 2019 season, but the good news is, Still, plenty of football left. There were some good things in the Denver game, but some things still that you need to work on and figure out here as we get ready for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah.
1: If you would have told me before the game that the team would only commit five penalties, I think zero in offense the entire game, no turnovers, and the fact that they outgained the Broncos, I mean, there were some more. You would have 11 more minutes of time of possession. I mean, it just had all the stats were in your favor to win that game. And yet, here you are on the losing end because it was, it was the red zone issues over and over again. And uh, I remember telling uh, Nick during the game, my least favorite situation for this Browns team right now is first and goal at the nine yard line. Like I'm good with like first and goal at the two or or three, because I think you can just pound it away with Chubb. But it's like when you're, when they're in that zone, it's just like the offense kind of short shuts down a little bit. Everything's gets a little too clogged. And it's just been too much to overcome. And when you can't cash in those opportunities against a team like Denver, uh, you, you're going to come out in the losing end because they're a good red zone defense team to begin with. Uh, they've only let touchdowns up in two of the last 16 times. But uh, you just have to cash those opportunities in, especially for a team when you play so well in so many other areas in that game.
0: John, how frustrating is it as an offensive player, as an offensive lineman, to, to get all the way down the field, march down the field, and look pretty good doing it against a very good Denver defense to come away with nothing. Or or a field goal, which in the offensive player's eyes is not what you want.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's it's not what you want. It's a big swing, um, you know, getting seven and then, you know, getting six and then getting three, obviously. But, you know, you really want to come away uh, from there with points in, in general. But, unfortunately, for the Browns last week, uh, last Sunday, they needed the seven. And, uh, you know, I look at just some of the fundamental things they, uh, they were doing um, – you know, wrong Sunday that they really haven't had issues with throughout the season. You know, like you said, they cleaned up a lot of the pre-snap mistakes, a lot of the penalties, a lot of the unforced errors. They cleaned a lot of those up, didn't turn the ball over, had a takeaway. You know, when, and on paper, when you look at those numbers, you say you got a pretty good chance of winning. But, you know, just some of the things, that the missed tackles, the big plays that were let up. And, you know, we, we talk about uh, the, the catch in the end zone where, where Ward played – Terrific had terrific coverage. I mean, he was he basically ran the route, and I mean, I don't know what else he can do. Um, just have a great throw and catch. So just what is just some of those things that uh, went Denver's way, the big plays and and uh, on the Browns and missed tackling, and then just uh, you know coming up short in the red zone on multiple chances, and you know really when you had a turnover, flip the field position, really had a chance to take some of the momentum away. Not capitalizing with a touchdown, it you know it set them back.
1: Yeah, the Browns defense, it's crazy too because those bad plays they played pretty well too. But the Broncos had more than half their yards on four plays. Yep. Yeah. The, the 75 yarder to Font, 40 yard run by Lindsey, 30 yard run, and then the, the touchdown catch by Sutton. I mean, th- that's more than half of their yards. Yeah. I mean, and if you, if you, you look at it, pretty up. much do what you want.
2: Right, and if you look at it, I mean, I think the Browns had 70-some total plays to Denver's 40-some, and, you know, if you're winning the game and only running 40 offensive plays, your guys are rested, you're waking up today, you know, yesterday and today, and you're like, man, my body feels pretty good. So that's the thing. It was just one of those things that, you know, they're playing well and let up those big gashes, and and unfortunately they were for,
0: you know, big plays. Defensively, uh, we talked about it a little bit, but – not really a lot of red zone opportunities for Denver. It came in the form of big plays and chunk plays, and I think that's got to be very frustrating to to Steve Wilkes and that defensive staff as they get ready for Buffalo and look at the tape from last week. Burned on some plays that we haven't seen them get exposed by all season long, and on that day, it just happened to be the case.
1: Yeah, I think the, the, the thing that even the big plays early in the game, you could have overcome those. The, the one that – hurt the most is just giving up a 95-yard drive. I mean, that that was the reason you went for it on fourth and goal because you knew ultimately at the end you're pinning a, a first-time quarterback inside his own five-yard line, and you're putting your defense out there, and you're thinking, worst-case scenario, we get the ball back at midfield and have to do this over again. But then all of a sudden that was just such a huge momentum swing. And then when you're down double digits to a Broncos defense that's arguably a, a top – eight top five defense I mean that's a lot to overcome and I thought the offense until it stalled out on that final drive, was playing really well in the fourth quarter you found something working with Odell but you just can't put yourself in a hole like that and against Denver
2: yeah absolutely and especially when you get in a hole like that and and it seems like this offense right now is built and having success on running the ball and it's hard to stick to that game plan when you're playing from behind and needing you know multiple scores to stay in the game you have to get away from that and kind of get into a, a a an area where we're not as comfortable and trying to force things and I'm not saying they did that, but you know you're really getting off your game plan playing from behind and having to you know score and score quick in the fourth quarter.
0: Offensive line. Greg Robinson back in at left tackle after being uh, not suspended but taken out of the lineup for one game. Wyatt Teller making his debut at right guard after getting some snaps the week before in the New England game. a little more consistency from the offensive line. a lot less penalties. still a lot of things though to work on, John.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And they know that. And, and, you know, they're working hard all this week to, uh, you know, deal with the issues that the Bills are going to present. But I I think with consistency and and building their chemistry, you know, coaches always say, regardless of talent, regardless of who's drafted where, who's signed where, they're going to try to put the best five guys they give the Browns offense the best chance to score. And maybe they think they've found that. And I think moving forward, you know, providing this group, this five, the opportunity to showcase that and work together in the second half of the year and, you know, hopefully it works out.
1: It, it, from my amateur eye, and you can correct me on this, it seemed like the mistakes that were made were maybe more communication-based. It wasn't like these guys were getting overpowered or, or outworked. I know Derek Wolf, I think, gave Wyatt Teller some problems, but it looked like the plays that they, the Broncos made – or maybe just kind of communication stuff and not that they were just physically overmatched or anything like
2: that. I would agree with that. I didn't see anybody that was like, oh, this guy doesn't belong out here. He's just getting beat. He can't block anyone. I, I would agree with that. Um, like you said, I think it just takes time, takes reps. And, you know, you can practice all week all you want and try to get the, the quality reps you can, but it it really comes on Sunday. You really get that uh, in-game experience on Sundays. Um, so so you hope that uh, those guys learn quick and, and, and that the transition is as seamless as uh, possible. And moving forward, hopefully they figure that out.
0: Again, a lot of talent on the football field for the Brown and Orange. Some mistakes put themselves in a hole, and yet at the end of the game still found themselves with, a, with an opportunity to take the lead and ultimately win this game. Just cannot get over the hump, especially in the red zone, and a lot to work on here in these final eight games. But I think it's a, there are a lot of things that can be overcome, and again, your schedule still is friendly. You are your number one opponent right now. You, you've got to get through that, but in these final eight games, there's plenty of opportunities to really get a few wins here, get some momentum going, and, and make a little bit of a run here in the in these final eight.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just it's one of those things that when you talk about it, it's like this team. You got to show. It. I mean, you got to do it one week. You can't start talking about eight weeks. And I, I think that. We've been talking about this schedule being easy, but I'm looking at a Buffalo Bills team that's six and two right now. Yep. I mean, they're like they're winning ugly, but they're winning.
0: And a Steeler team that's going that's 500 now, playing yeah. with a second or third string quarterback. Yeah. And I don't even know who they lined up at running back on well, Sunday.
1: no, Jalen Samuels, and he caught almost half of Rudolph's passes. He had something like 14 receptions
0: in that yeah, game. Yeah, they're they're doing something right, and defensively, they're playing well. It's another team that's playing well defensively that's getting by offensively. It's yeah, kind of been the theme.
1: So it's, it's this team. If you only commit five penalties and, and don't turn the ball over, you're going to win these games. And I think that's the key. It's like they can't get discouraged by what went wrong in this game. I mean, obviously you want to fix that. But if you keep doing all those things that you applied in practice from that week, you're going to win more than you're going to lose. I mean, those are winning numbers to only have those penalties. Granted, some of those penalties were at some really bad times. And I've never seen the 12 men on the field uh, against the kneel down. But, I mean, it didn't hurt you. It was an irrelevant penalty uh, mostly. But, I mean, you you keep building off that, then I think you're in good shape. And, and, and I like getting a guy like Kareem Hunt mixed
0: in there where I'd be fine with this team running the ball. John, uh, what positives do you take away from Sunday's game?
2: Uh, well, I think, I think like we said, in, in some of the negatives, I'll go back, the – that hurt them the previous eight games. It, you know, we said the turnovers, the penalties. Now it's it's looking like okay, they're getting to the red zone. Let's finish there. Let's turn the, these field goals into into touchdowns. Because you know, I hate to see, you know, everyone's trying to look for, for one thing to point the you know finger at one thing, and I don't think there is right now. I think it's just a few different things here and there, and and it's it's week in and week out that uh, there's maybe two or three aspects of the team that's, that's that are setting them back. But like we said, they eliminated their penalties. They got those down to a manageable. Number they got a turnover. They didn't have any turnovers. They forced a takeaway. So if they can continue that trend statistically, you're going to end up on the winning side of uh, things if you continue that trend. You know, if they could just kind of stick to their game plan, feature Nick Chubb, when Kareem Hunt comes back. You know, you could take some of the the load off of Nick Chubb and and give uh, Kareem the ball and and maybe throw to him on third down and just really really make the def- the defense defend more things, give them more things to think about. And then those and then those big plays to to Jarvis, to Odell are gonna open up and, you know, hopefully we can incorporate the tight ends in, in the red zone and, and really try to get these uh these touchdowns going.
0: How big are I, how much of a detriment was it, you know, when Seals Jones goes down at, I mean you got Carlson up on the roster and he's playing some meaningful snaps, but a week ago he was on your practice squad. It doesn't leave a whole lot there at the tight end position outside of Demetrius Harris. And
1: See, I I thought the guy that was missed was Farrell Brown this week. I, I think that that he was, he's in there for blocking. And I think that you, you have a good run blocking offensive line, but I think he was a key piece that was maybe missing in there. And you didn't run the ball on the same level that you have before. I think you come into the game, leading the league in yards per carry, uh, that when you go under four yards for the game, I, I think he was missed, and hopefully he can he can be back because I I think all those guys can catch the ball. I think Farrow's is the one that got on this team because he's a good blocker.
0: Yeah,
2: Ooh. I agree, I agree, and then it, that allows you to do things formationally to leave him, in, you know, at the line of scrimmage and block
0: for uh, Nick Chubb. All right, so we look ahead to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you mentioned it, Gribbs Right now, a uh, two-loss team that would put them uh, among the top four teams. Uh, right now, they'd be a wild card because. Well, you're in the same division as the Patriots, and that's what you play for every year, as opposed to winning the division. But still, uh, still a very, very good football team, especially on the defensive side of the ball.
1: Yeah, and it's not really filled with a ton of big names or anything like that. They've got just good, solid players, and they're they're winning the games they have to. I, again, their schedule has been very favorable. They've but they've taken care of business against all the teams that they're supposed to beat. Uh, the only time they've really looked. B- bad was against the eagles that was the only game that they've really played poorly i thought they hung with the patriots and played uh pretty well in that game but that's a team where if we're talking about the difference between the browns and the bills right now i think the browns have more talent uh the browns have had the tougher schedule but the bills have clearly established knowing how to win and i think that's th- something that the browns are still trying to figure out
2: yeah i agree they've they've found ways to win those games whether it's create a you know turnover late in the game or, at a, or make a big play or not let up a big, long touchdown. They've just found ways to win the game, whether it's a big pass, a big run, stopping the team, holding them to a field goal in the red zone, maybe knocking the team out of the at a field goal position and forcing a punt. So they've found little ways throughout the game in critical situations and spots that's allowing them to be 6-2. and two.
1: I'll just ask you, is that something you know a team has? Or it doesn't. I mean, how do you, or do you, does it click at some point? Like from from your experience, I think you mean when you're scouting the other team. No, when you when you're on a team yeah. that just has that ability to that knack. I mean, do you, is that something you can feel within a, within a team?
2: I think so for sure. There, there's kind of an energy around um, when you may you may show up to a game and you say, "Okay, we're just struggling offensively for whatever reason." You know we're not running the ball like we have been this whole year. And then you say, you know, look at our defense right now, man. You're talking to each other on the sidelines. You're like, man, they're, they they showed up today. They're playing. They're they're getting the ball for us. They're forcing punts. We got to hold our end up of the bargain. So it, it just kind of gives a spark. And and that's what you that's when you need whether it's a big hit on special teams on a coverage team or a nice big return that sparks the offense to come out or a pick, or a forced fumble, or a long pass on, on the offense to get a big chunk play. You know, you play complementary team football, and I think that really helps.
0: You're 2-6. and six. As a former player, what what are the guys in the locker room thinking? You know, there's still eight games to play, but now a lot has to happen for you to even think about making the playoffs. Uh, what's the mindset you have to have as a player here? And not just the last eight games, but Sunday.
2: <laughs> you know... You you put everything that has already happened behind you. You you can't that not you know worrying about what happened this first two months three months. None of that matters anymore. Everything matters what happens this Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. You do everything you can to go one and zero this weekend. And I I know I've said that last week. So they have to approach each game as like a mini season. I don't care what we have to do. We have to win the game. Do we have to rely on pass heavy? Let's do it. Let's score any way we can. Do we have to do more trick plays? Do we have to run the ball more? Do we have to run the ball less? Do we have to kick? You know, Whatever. You do anything you can to try to win the game. You can't worry about statistics moving forward. What's our probability? What's our chance? Because you don't have any probability if you don't win this Sunday. If you do, then let's worry about the next week, next Thursday. So I think you just kind of take things into perspective, look at, you know, kind of look things through a, a short lens. Say we have the bills coming in town this weekend. Let's get a win.
0: Anything in terms of uh, not that you're not that you're looking ahead to the next opponent, but it is a quick turnaround with a game on Thursday night against a division rival and the start of five division games coming up in your last 7. So, it, do you have to start preparing in addition to preparing for Buffalo, are you starting to watch film? Are you starting to get ready for Pittsburgh as well, or is it just totally getting ready for Buffalo here?
2: Uh, right now, it's it's strictly Buffalo. You can't look ahead. I, I when you when you start doing that, I'm sure the guys that are you know scouting and watching the tape and doing the breakdowns and the cutups, they're working ahead. But as a player, you have you know eat one plate at a time at the buffet. So you worry about the Bills this week and then uh, move on. But with that being said, I think every player is different. For me, later in my career. I like those short weeks, those Thursday games, because generally there were a lot of walkthroughs. You, even though it was a short week, you kind of had a chance to get your body back. You weren't getting banged up at practice. It was more mental. Now, as a younger player, I needed to watch more tape. I needed more live reps at practice, so I needed m- more time. But So I think everyone's a little bit different. Like, like I said, later in my career, I was all about, man, I know what Pittsburgh's done. I know I know them, their personnel. I know their film. I, I, I could just kind of watch it sit on my couch, and I know what to expect. But like I said, everybody's different.
0: Gribble, looking ahead, final thoughts here as we put uh, this ugly, ugly Denver game to bed and looking ahead to Buffalo. It's
1: more of an ugly October, I and mean, we, we well, went over yeah. over October, and that's the that's what is hanging with you right now. I mean that we felt so good at two and two, be, beating the Baltimore Ravens, who have simply just they they responded in a, in a different way and have, have built themselves into a huge lead in the division. But just. Take care of business. These you have three home games in a row. No, not many teams get gifted that kind of set uh, of games at home. You really don't even you don't get on a plane until mid-December. I mean, this is a, a nice stretch uh, of games that should be easy on you travel-wise. The the opponents have worse records. I mean, if you just take care of business during this stretch, you can make your December interesting. There's nothing guaranteed now. That the best possible outcome is ten and six. But most often, and especially in this conference, 10 and six would be enough to get it done, so you just have to keep building off the, these wins and, and remember those good feelings from last year, because it's se- I know when we were here last year, once you beat the Falcons, that one game that moved you to, I think it was uh, three and six and one. Yes. even after that game, you felt like going into every week you felt like the Browns were going to win. And I think that that's just what you have to re- you have to get that feeling back.
0: All right, guys. John, a pleasure as always. We'll talk to you next week as we get ready for Thursday night football and the Pittsburgh Steelers. But first, a date with the Buffalo Bills. And uh, we'll have all the coverage for you on Cleveland Browns Daily and on the best podcast available as we preview the Bills later on in the week. Make sure you log on to ClevelandBrowns.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe today to the best podcast available. For John Greco, for Andrew Gribble. I'm Jason Gibbs. Thanks for listening to the best podcast available.